Hi, and welcome to a special edition of Talking Tax on the Altera Corporation versus Commissioner dispute. I'm Sony Kassam, a reporter at Bloomberg Tax. And I'm Carolina Vargas, legal editor at Bloomberg Tax. In this episode, we'll be talking about the twists and turns in Altera Corporation v. Commissioner, which has been on everyone's radar in the tax world, including big companies like Facebook and Google, who could be facing larger tax bills. So, Sony, what has been going on with Altera? Well, Carolina, Altera, which is a subsidiary of Intel, has been riding a roller coaster over the last few weeks. There have been some recent developments that practitioners have called unexpected, like the court withdrawing a published opinion and possibly not following rules. But before we get to that, Carolina, why don't you go back to the beginning of time, Altera's time in the U.S. tax court, that is. Initially, Altera dragged the Internal Revenue Service to tax court in 2012 after the agency shifted the tax burden to Altera from its subsidiary in the Cayman Islands. Altera argued that the IRS didn't have the authority to do that when it created special rules in 2003. What are these special rules, Carolina? The rules required that the company's domestic and international units to share the cost of employee stock-based compensation in cost-sharing arrangements. That battle ended in July 2015 when the tax court ruled in favor of Altera. Now, the IRS wasn't going to accept that defeat, so the agency took the case to the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Ninth Circuit. And let's not forget that Altera has two more petitions in the tax court. It filed a second one in December 2015 and a third one in January of this year. Both are pending and are also about cost-sharing agreements. Wait, what are cost-sharing agreements again? Great question, Carolina. A cost-sharing agreement is a contract between companies within the same multinational group, which states how they'll share the costs and risks of developing or producing an intangible asset, like trademarks or copyrights. So, back to the Ninth Circuit. Altera lost the appeal on July 24th when the federal court sided with the government and overturned the tax court decision. Many stakeholders predicted that the tech company would file for rehearing, But here's where things get interesting. The Ninth Circuit on August 2nd drew Judge Susan Graber to replace deceased Judge Stephen Reinhardt on the three-judge panel for the case. Sony, it seems that this move after Reinhardt's death raised a lot of questions about how the court was interpreting the general order that governs its procedure. Yes, Carolina, the federal procedure document says, If a member of a three-judge panel becomes unavailable by reason of death, disability, recusal, or departure from the court, and the case is under submission, the clerk shall draw a replacement as needed, utilizing a list of active judges randomly drawn by lot. Under submission is important here, because the case wasn't under submission when the opinion came out. And when Bloomberg Tax reached out to the Ninth Circuit about its procedures, a spokesman declined to comment. Instead, he said, the court will address matters, if at all, in a further order or opinion. So it's not clear why the court didn't replace Reinhardt before the opinion was released. You're right, Sony. And Reinhardt, who ruled with the majority in favor of the IRS, died March 29th between oral arguments and the issuance of the decision. The Ninth Circuit had said Reinhardt had formally concurred in the majority opinion before his death. The court withdrew its opinion August 7th to allow Graber the chance to review the case. That means that the ultimate decision now rests in Graber's hand. She could break the tie between Chief Judge Sidney Thomas, who ruled in the majority favor of the IRS, and Judge Kathleen O'Malley, who dissented. Oral re-argument has been set for October 16th, and who knows what that might mean for Altera. 
or for other companies that have been watching this case. This wouldn't just impact Altera. This back and forth creates a lot of tax uncertainty for many U.S. companies such as Facebook, Apple, and eBay. More than 50 companies have cited either the tax court's decision or the Ninth Circuit's reversal in their filings to the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission. It sounds like most of these companies are tech companies. That's right. Most of these companies are indeed tech companies. They're the ones that tend to have cost-sharing arrangements because they're so IP-heavy. And they could face larger tax bills if the Ninth Circuit comes to the same conclusion as it originally did. And that's because these companies won't be able to deduct the full cost of the stock payments they make to their employees. Before the federal court pulled its opinion, Facebook had said it could see a tax rate of up to 30% in its upcoming quarter. Oh, that sounds like a lot, especially now that the corporate tax rate is 21%. It is, but there are also lots of other companies like Tesla who haven't seen any effects. We'll have to see how this plays out as the case continues. And Carolina, I know that there are federal implications to this as well, right? Yes, this can also spark new challenges on the rulemaking process. An overarching issue in the case is the Administrative Procedure Act, also known as APA, which sets out requirements that the federal agencies must follow when creating new regulations. The tax court had reprimanded the IRS for violating the APA by ignoring stakeholder testimony that unrelated parties don't share the cost of stock-based compensation. That original ruling was viewed as a landmark decision that could cause others to follow suit since it was the first time, according to practitioners, that it took on APA-based arguments, concluding that the IRS and Treasury had not properly followed these rules. And didn't one of the Ninth Circuit judges take issue with the tax court stance on the APA? You're right. Let's take a listen to what Judge O'Malley had to say during oral arguments. One of my problems with the way the tax court decision is written, with the way all of this has been argued, is that it's written as if this were an APA challenge to the passage um, or failure to pass a regulation, rather than with a recognition that the ultimate inquiry at the end of the day is what is a reasonable interpretation of the statutory authority um, to act given to Treasury. Carolina, what's the takeaway from what we just heard? So basically, O'Malley ends up finding that the APA comes up under the Chevron deference, and the question here is whether or not it is applied. The federal court initially found that the Chevron deference did apply. The Chevron doctrine is used to determine whether a federal agency had the statutory authority to issue a regulation and whether it was properly interpreted. The Supreme Court's 1984 decision in Chevron USA Incorporated v. Natural Resources Defense Council Incorporated held that a court may not substitute its own interpretation of a statute over a reasonable one by the regulatory agency. Chevron applies when the court finds that the statute is ambiguous and then that the agency interpreted it reasonably. So what's the broader picture here? Many rulemaking challenges arguing similar violations of the Administrative Procedure Act have been popping up, and practitioners believe taxpayers will be motivated to raise even more challenges following this case. Well, Carolina, there's certainly a lot going on here. From the APA violation argument to cost-sharing implications, we'll just have to wait and see how Altera and other companies are going to be affected by this. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of a special edition of Talking Tax, an Altera versus Commissioner. I'm Sony Kasim. And I'm Carolina Vargas, signing off until next time, where we'll have two guests discussing the possibilities of what would happen now that re-argument has been set.